from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to be looking at uh, Bishop Soto yeah, right across well. the table. Welcome. Well, it's good to be uh, good to be here, Bob. Good to see you, and uh, and here we are in in the kind of in the um, the last few days before before Christmas. A uh, very uh, holy and blessed time for the for uh, for the people of God. It certainly is, and it, it got a little confusing this year. When when does Advent? Be? Usually, it's that Sunday right after Thanksgiving. You oh know, yes, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, it, uh, 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 yeah, we still had Christ the King. We you did, know, and, yeah. and uh, and so uh, some folks say we were talking about that. I was talking about that earlier today with some of the staff that some folks just kind of automatically start putting up their their, their, their decorations <laughs> exactly like right after Thanksgiving. And I said, ah, you know, that's uh, it, it. It's not quite quite uh, the yeah. time. It was so, a very early Thanksgiving, yeah, as, yeah, uh, actually yeah. as early as it could be, the twenty second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, well, it's great great to have the twenty third. I guess great great to have you with us. Uh, a lot happening, obviously, in the in the yeah, diocese. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I think um, uh, you know it, that that in some sense that uh, uh, the Lord's providence, um, you know, brings us these these uh, the, these moments uh, in in the liturgical year um, of consolation, because we've you know I, as a, as a, as a church uh, we kind of in uh, some sense we uh, or at least I I'll say I I, I feel a, a little bit like the. Um, um, you know the, the 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 shepherds out in the field, and and uh, it's it's a dark night out, and yep. uh, um, and and uh, I need uh, as the shepherds needed uh, some some light, and so um, you know I, I'm very grateful for uh, this this time. Um, you know, we I, I, a few weeks ago I announced to uh, to the the Catholics here in in Northern California that. Uh, that on behalf of the Diocese of Sacramento, I'm going to file for, for bankruptcy. And um, uh, I'll be doing that next year um, in, in uh, 2024, uh, and I will, uh, uh, will uh, make that filing uh, in, in March. Explain, you know, why this became necessary. Yeah, well— you know, I, I you know, I, th- I think you know fundamentally, and and I, you know, no one is um, uh, is surprised by this. Is that um, you know terrible things were done to uh, as to uh, the the uh, to young uh, young people, uh, young children, and um, and that is is a part of our past, and um, uh, and that and that past uh, continues to. Um, uh, to haunt us, it's, mm-hmm. it's still it, it it haunts the lives of those uh, um, uh, young people who are now who are now adults, but still live with uh, with the memories, the trauma of what was was done to them many years ago, and um, and and um, a lot of that is has come to light be and with the opportunity that was given to to be able to file for. Uh, for claims right. uh, against uh, uh, for sexual abuse, and um, and so um, you know, I'm uh, uh, at the diocese of Sacramento. I'm I'm uh, facing more than 250 claims of, uh, of sexual abuse. Uh, many of it from many uh, many decades ago, right. uh, but that again, uh, the, these individuals. Uh, uh, Carry still carry the, sure. uh, the, the 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 pain and uh, of of what, what that they they should not have suffered on from from the hands of uh, of, of priests or, or other uh, church and uh, church um, leadership should have uh, um, responded differently at that time and but that that uh, that was in the past and here we are today and. Uh, so these individuals are, are making claims, and that and, and I'm I'm trying to look for. I've my coworkers and I have um, uh, considered long and hard about how best to uh, to respond in a, in a responsible uh, and fair way to all the claims that 
uh, have been brought. And um, uh, the, uh, I, I came to the conclusion that the only way that I could do that in a, in a responsible as well as transparent and fair way to all the claimants uh, was to, uh, to file for, for bankruptcy uh, in uh, federal court, um, Chapter 11, and, um, and look for a way to, um, uh, to reorganize the, mm-hmm. the administrative offices of the diocese and, and to, so that I could be able to compensate uh, the, um, the, the victim survivors and at the same time, at the same time, be able to continue the work of the diocese. Yeah, and Chapter 11 is a reorganization. That's right. Type reorganization. Which doesn't put somebody out of business. It, 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 it helps them get back on their feet and, and, uh, and compensate whatever needs to be compensated, whether right. it's other debts or et cetera. And uh, I think you make a very good point about this is the fairest way. This isn't a way to get out of compensating. It's the fairest way to compensate people because right. otherwise— if you just went to civil court, the first few claimants might get everything. Right, right, and then and then there would you know and I I wouldn't be able to address the remaining claims, so this was uh, in a certain sense it, it um, how should I say it brings everyone to the table right. and um, and uh, I can uh, we can look together for what's the best way to uh, bring some kind of a settlement or resolution to the number of claims that have been brought. Obviously, you you know when people hear bankruptcy, you know they 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 see certain things and they, but this is this is in your mind and obviously in in, in the attorney's minds the best way to compensate people. Well, the it, it is you know the uh, I think also it's the the most transparent way. Mm-hmm. I mean that right. again that this will be supervised by the court and um, and the courts will uh, the court will um, be able to the court as well as everyone will be able to see. Uh, what uh, resources the diocese has to be able to settle these claims, and right. that, that will I, uh, hopefully will uh, be able to help uh, the process of reaching uh, what will be, you know, a, a fair um, right. um, resolution right. and compensation for right. victim survivors. The faithful here in the diocese. What 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 should we do in ter- in terms of? Well, I, th- I think you know. Uh, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I know that you know. For my part, as the, uh, the bishop, I, I, it's, it's important for me to uh, um, to recognize the, the the sins that were committed, and um, and to and as bishop to try to uh, do what I can to to make atonement for that. Uh-huh. And that's that's in a very practical way. Um, is um, is what is what this this process will be about. Uh, at the same time, um, that I, I I do think that um, you know my responsibility uh, as the bishop is to also make sure that this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to and I you know I, I know that uh, many in the Catholic community know of the measures that we've taken to uh, to try to address uh, you know um, provide uh, setting up um, proper measures mm-hmm. you know for uh, for ensuring that. All of uh, you know that the, all of the church, our, our churches, our our schools, and all our our Catholic uh, um, organizations and facilities that they are indeed uh, um, sacred and safe havens for uh, children and families. Well, the Safe Environments Program has been put into place. I mean, we I, I guess the jury is always going to be out for a while, but it seems like they have been very, very successful. In terms well, I, of I, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the work that's being done. I think it's important, though, not to, um, you know, to remain vigilant, yep. and that, that, on some sense, that I think, uh, on the part of the Catholic community, that is, it's important for us to all to share in that, and to think right. that this is a, uh, this is an obligation that we, we all have right. to ensure that, um, uh, that our, um, the, all our activities and all our institutions are indeed safe, and sacred uh, havens. For uh, for God's children, now this is this bankruptcy is is diocesan, but it do, does it, it does not affect parishes and schools. Yeah, well, the uh, you know I the administrative offices of the diocese mm-hmm. in Sacramento is is, is the um, uh, is the entity you know right. that, that um, 
for which I will be filing uh, bankruptcy. And so uh, the, the parishes and the schools are, are, are incorporated separately. Right. So that they, and, and so um, they're not, they're, they're not, um, they're, my hope is that they will not be part of that, pro- of the process right. of the bankruptcy. Right. And, uh, uh, but I, I just, you know, one initial thing to that, to that end is that the, um, that the, uh, that the parishes will also they, uh, will also have their own their own committee, and that, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in fact, actually, that that committee has been established, uh, and they have legal counsel mm-hmm. that will uh, be a part of the process sure. going forward. And that, but that again is is uh, um, uh, the the parishes themselves um, have been, um, you know, are canonically as well as uh, civilly. Right. Uh, organized separately, separately from the administrative offices. Of, right, of it's, pro- it's probably something that maybe the general public isn't aware of the, the how how the structure is. Yeah, well, that um, you know, I I, I guess to some extent, uh, Bob, that the um, you know canonically that's always been the case. Exactly, you know, that's always been the case, and um, and and civilly that that's been, gosh. Um, you know, I I know that's been the the reality here in in the diocese of Sacramento for more than ten years. Mm-hmm. So, very good, very good. And the work of the the work of the diocese. Well, yeah. you know, I I think um, you know one one of the things that I do think is important is um, um, I think it's important for the Catholic community to continue to pray pray mm-hmm. for the the victim survivors, pray for their healing. Right, uh, and I. Um, you know, I encourage people to make that part of their personal prayer. I, I, I urge that that also would be, you know, the uh, a part of the the general intercessions uh, mm-hmm. on, on on Sunday that we right. remember to pray right. for, you know, a, a victim survivors and and there are, um, you know, my own th- that there are are people who have uh, suffered from um, sexual abuse, uh, um, not only in in the church but also. Um, you know, in society in general, and, and I think that that um, and and many of those individuals, um, you know, carry also um, you know the, the deep wounds and um, the, the 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 pain of that trauma, and and that I, I um, to for us as as a um, as a church, people of God to uh, to be um, to be concerned for them. Uh, and to join them in a solidarity of prayer, mm-hmm. uh, asking for God's healing and comfort for them, I, I, is is uh, is, um, is I know it has to be part of my atonement, and I would ask you know the people of God to join me in that. In that yeah, effort. I think it's it's part of all of our atonement. I really do, and yeah. um, it's it's a it's been a difficult chapter, but uh, and and th- this will be a, a probably a several year process. Something. something yes, like that's that. true. It will. It it will. It it um, it, it could take three or more years, mm-hmm. you know, for for this process to to be done. But I, you know, that's, um, you know, I I, I think that um, as in all things uh, in Christian living, uh, that there, uh, we um, we have to be patient and. And patient and and persevering, and uh, not only in in this matter of as we try to address, um, you know, um, uh, the, the 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 sins of the past, but also I I mean I, I think uh, in in any aspect of the church's work um, uh, we have to be patient and persistent, and yeah. and I I'm, I I pray that um, that e- even as 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 we uh, as I address this, uh, this this issue, this matter, um, that w- but we all can you know continue to remember that uh, you know the the greater work that we have before us is the, is the work of furthering uh, right. uh, you know furthering the kingdom of God and uh, proclaiming the proclaiming the gospel uh, as 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 difficult as this as this uh, matter is that only makes the work of uh, of doing uh, the works of mercy and and proclaiming uh, the mercy and the wisdom of the Lord Jesus even more urgent, more necessary. Yeah. And, uh, and so as we we enter into this um, uh, you know this, this Christmas season, 
that I I, I think that that is um, uh, that that Jesus uh, you know came uh, when uh, the, the light came as light the light of the light of Christ and um, and he he came when uh, uh, when you know the in in the, the deep darkness of the night yep. and um, and uh, and, and um, brought hope and joy to the shepherds in the fields and to the to the magi and um and i and and i you know i i pray that uh, the lord jesus will then be that 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 light and that hope for uh, uh for for all of us as we enter into this christmas season well this has always been and always will be the church that jesus christ founded and uh, he's not going to leave us now yeah <laughs> so yeah indeed well it is christmas time and we are in the eucharistic revival and those two things go sort of hand in hand. Well, I, you know, the I, I just want to, uh, um, uh, as as we 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 enter into as we continue the the Eucharist revival, and uh, uh, and I'm I'm so grateful for um, the the many things that different parishes and deaneries are doing for the Eucharistic revival. It's um, uh, it, it is a, a, a great sign of encouragement and consolation uh, to see the, the great faith that that people have in the Eucharist, and uh, and I and I hope that our our, our efforts uh, will not only um, uh, strengthen that faith and many of the faithful, but also awaken uh, for for other for other people and, and and even some some Catholics who may not. Who may not be sure about the the Eucharist or understand the Eucharist, but that they can uh, uh, see the great great power and beauty of this of this sacrament, and um, uh, and, and and to realize that uh, that the Lord Jesus is our is our good shepherd, and that uh, that uh, He nourishes us with His very self, and that He uh, uh, and that He He uh, is present with us. And that we can, uh, no matter um, how stormy the waters may be, that the Lord Jesus is with us in a very real way. In as we as um, as we chart through these uh, these kind of troubled waters. Yeah, you know, it's I've I've heard a number of conversion stories over the years of doing this show and uh, or in just out in private, and it's amazing how many times people will say, "You have the Eucharist." The Eucharist is what brought me, brought me into the Catholic Church, and I know my mom was a convert, and you, you, you it's hard living with a convert sometimes <laughs> because they, they willing, you know, they as as adults, she did it in nursing school, um, a Catholic nursing school, and she said those nuns had something, and I wanted it, and mm. she said nobody beat her over the head, she just yeah, she saw yeah. what they the way they lived their lives, yeah, you know, yeah. and. And uh, I, I think that that's um, um, something real important is, I mean, obviously the Eucharist is important, but I think sometimes cradle Catholics, we get a little, I don't know if lax is the right word, but we, we've always had it. We, we, and and uh, the converts see, see the power of it, and sometimes in a way the rest of us don't. So, yeah, I think that... Um, uh, that when we, uh, you know, I, I remember um, that uh, Dorothy Day was very much that I think she was drawn to the church, but she was she entered the church right. because of the Eucharist. Right. That yes, was there was a very exactly almost right. almost if I could say seductive draw to the Eucharist that drew her in, mm-hmm. um, and when and I mean you see that in uh, in the life of. Uh, Mother Teresa. I mean that, that 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 her love for the Eucharist was what animated all her 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 works of mercy, and uh, and over and over again uh, the the example of the the saints, particularly the saints who uh, were dedicated to the works of charity. Um, that charity drew from the Sacramentum Caritatis, uh, the the sacrament of charity, the Eucharist, and so I, I you know I um, you know I I think that that. Is um, you know again my my hope is that not only in a certain sense will there all will there be this this um, this Eucharistic revival in um, in the diocese of Sacramento, but that also that that be, because of that there also will be a revival 
of of the charitable works and, mm-hmm. and that, that as as I, I think as as the persuasive witness to the power of the Eucharist in our in our lives. Um, and I you know I, I you know at, at this time of year and I'm you know many of my brother priests are are out uh, uh, or or have their parishioners out assembling uh, uh, the manger scenes and mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, of uh you know and and those are always uh, how should i say uh uh adornments that are much anticipated in mm-hmm. a parish you know to to see the manger scene uh the nativity scene all set up in the church and uh at, at christmas eve night and christmas day uh but i you know and 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 there's obviously great beauty and 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 uh uh and value in 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 uh, having that um, having that display of of the the, the Christmas uh, mystery, but that uh, you know and, and that that uh, the nativity scenes only help us to understand even more the the real nativity that is mm-hmm. happening that that happens there on the altar and how that that how that that's um, uh, the the mystery of Christmas comes to us in such a such a powerful way um, in the you know in the radiance of the the Eucharist that um, like those shepherds long ago uh, that we are, are able to approach uh, approach the altar and and um, and adore uh, contemplate and receive the Lord. You mentioned Dorothy Day right after I mentioned my mother, whose name was Dorothy. Oh, <laughs> Dorothy Dunning, but oh, okay. yeah. she was a saint. Yeah, she is a saint uh, yeah. as well. She just hasn't been canonized yet. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, Christmas Eve is also Sunday. Oh yes, yes. okay. This, are, right. are you going to sleep at all? <laughs> Well, I'll get a little bit of sleep. You know, actually, uh, 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 I'll just uh, take this opportunity, Bob, to uh, to remind folks that you can't uh, you can't double dip. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's and so uh, uh, you do have to go to mass on Sunday for the uh, for the fourth Sunday of Advent. Right. And then you know, and then you have to go to mass on on you know, Christmas Eve. Or Christmas Day right. for Christmas, and so uh, it's it's not it's not a two for one. This is one offer. that's for the canon lawyers to explain, like well, like what time of day does? Yeah, uh, uh, no, actually, I mean there are parishes that are, some parishes who are doing uh, services, uh, you know, earlier four o'clock or or, or other times, but the vigil, but, uh, but, yeah. But the general idea is that you 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 do have to go to mass yeah. for the first Sunday of Advent. And right. you also have to go to mass for Christmas, right? Do do you midnight mass? Uh, how do how, I? I don't. No, do, well, you know, Bob. I'll just say that midnight mass keeps getting later for me every year. <laughs> well, I remember was I don't was it Francis or was it um, Benedict? It was Benedict, Benedict, who said nope, ten o'clock. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah, he kind of. Uh, Move the clock up. Yeah. But uh, no, here at the cathedral, uh, at the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, midnight mass is midnight mass. Yeah. And so, um, and, uh, you know, obviously the, the you know, uh, Rex uh, Rolanka and, yeah. the, and the choir uh, of the cathedral are, are, will have a, a beautiful, uh, you know, program of music before before the midnight mass. But, uh, you know, everyone is in, invited, invited to come. Uh, I hope on, on Christmas Day, uh, that um, I will celebrate the, uh, I will preside at the midnight mass at the cathedral, but on Christmas Day I'm I'm hoping that to be able to offer mass uh, at the uh, at Folsom Prison. Oh, very good. Yeah, so very uh, good. And, uh, I don't know. I won't be able to get a few hours sleep, hopefully between midnight mass and and, uh, and the morning mass <laughs> at at at, uh, at, the, at the prison. Do they have mass every Sunday at, at oh, all yeah. our prisons? Yeah. 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 I'm not sure about all the prisons, um, but I know that that's you know we we work at that. I, yeah. I do know that at Folsom Prison uh, and if, and other prisons, we we're fortunate that we have uh, a priest there full time, and, right. and so that that um, 
Though sometimes, I mean, again, depending on the on the nature of the prison and and security issues, that uh, uh, sometimes mass is not always possible. But at the, at the Folsom prison that I will go to on the old Folsom prison, right? I uh, then I am looking forward to uh, to joining the brothers there for for mass in the morning. Do they have a chapel there? Yes, actually, you know, uh, uh, Folsom. If uh, if I'm correct. Uh, Folsom and San Quentin both have standing Catholic chapels. Oh, very good. You know, and so um, now uh, both the uh, both chapels are also used by other groups, other right, religious right. groups. Uh, but the um, uh, yeah, it's it's quite a it's 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 a in in the in the old Folsom, it's a freestanding building. Mm-hmm. You know, there that faces out into the yard. Wow, and um, so it's 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 quite something, I, and you know, built from the same stones as the rest of the prison right. is built. So it's a it's it's a, an impressive, simple but impressive building. And then then the inside actually, uh, the there was a a beautiful mural of the Last Supper painted wow. by one of the prisoners, and uh, I, I and there's a story about that. I that I think maybe he used some of his, you know. Uh, um, uh, his co-inmates there, mm-hmm. you know, as figures for the Last Supper. I'm not, I, I don't know that for sure. I believe that that's the story. Wow. But, uh, yeah, there's this, you know, rather stunning uh, image of the Last Supper there in in the uh, uh, prison of uh, the Catholic chapel of the prison of wow. uh, Old Folsom. So, and very quickly, um, December 28th, uh-huh. the Feast of the Holy Innocents and, and the procession. And, yes, that's uh, right. Uh, there at the uh, cathedral, starting at the cathedral and ending up at Our Lady uh, well, of Guadalupe for for mass. For mass, I you know I think the procession starts at six, six o'clock. Okay, yeah. all right, great. Uh, yeah. I I will be there. It's on my <laughs> calendar, but uh, and uh, yeah, so I I encourage folks to to come for that. It's um you know it's obviously a, a you know that it's it's interesting that um you know during that week we have the. The, there's the Feast of St. Stephen, uh, December 26th, and you have the Feast of the Holy Innocent on, uh, on the 28th. And, um, and it seems such, such a, uh, a counter, uh, counterintuitive that we'd have, you know, you would recognize um, you know, the, the martyrs who, the, who suffered. Um, uh, but it, it, it does you know, provide um, you know, a kind of a, a sober reminder of, you know the of of not only of, of their lives, but of also who Jesus. You know right. of why he came, and he precisely came to to be the, you know, the, uh, to to offer his life, mm-hmm. and uh, and that the the martyrs that we celebrate, Saint Stephen, as well as the 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 holy innocent, um, that are that their lives find their meaning precisely in their um, in their unity with. Uh, the one sacrifice, one saving sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Bishop, if you'd uh, be so gracious as to give us a Christmas blessing to all our listeners. Oh well, I just uh, uh, you know I I do want to assure every one of my of my prayers for you in these coming days, and uh, and I'd ask everyone for your prayers as we uh, approach these very sacred days, and and I I, I pray that um, our Blessed Mother, who uh, in her patience and her uh, perseverance uh, and her complete uh, uh, cooperative uh, obedience uh, to God's grace uh, was uh, gave birth to the, to our, our Savior that she might be uh, continue to be uh, our mother as well and and give us that patience and perseverance that can also continue to um, announce, uh, the good news of her Lord, uh, of, of of our Lord, her Son Jesus, uh, in in all that we do, and and may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, descend upon us, and upon and remain with us forever. Amen. I could feel about thousands of people out there making the sign of the cross as as you said those words. Thank you, and uh, I hope you have a. A happy and merry and holy Christmas, well, and and uh, that the new year thank is. Thank you and your family. Thanks, thanks so much, Bishop Soto. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. 
We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour, uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in the Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Welcome back, everyone. Appreciate you joining us all on the Bishop's Hour, and we're pleased to welcome in Father Bong Rojas, who is the pastor at Holy Spirit Church here in Sacramento. Father, good to hear your voice. Thank you for having me again, Bob. Uh, always, always good to uh, to talk with you. You uh, had a wonderful piece uh, in in the Catholic Herald talking about a gathering of your fellow Filipino priests, uh, October 24 to 27, in the great city of Newark in New Jersey. Uh, tell us That's a little right. bit about this. So the um, the the, um, the U.S. Bishops Conference uh, uh, has kind of recognized the fact that all, I mean, you know, different, especially ethnic uh, groups in in the in the United States need that sense of support, need that sense of formation. And so uh, many years ago, uh, back when Bishop Solis was a new bishop, he was an associate, uh, uh, auxiliary bishop in Los Angeles. He led in, he led us in building this or, or organizing this association of Filipino priests in the United States. And I was in fact part of that group that, that, kind of uh, started, uh, well, not started, but the, the initial gathering. Um, and it was really a, a wonderful support, uh, um, a wonderful um, gathering for uh, continuing education and and just getting to know each other, networking, especially because almost we only have this meeting every three years. And, um, and Every year we will we find new uh, new priests 
coming in. And so for them to understand the, the culture, for them to understand the practices uh, in the United States, it was good for us to have that support. Uh, although I, I wrote in that piece that this year was a little bit light in terms of uh, uh, conferences because it, this is the first one after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so it was like six years uh, since we, we met uh, uh, the last time we met. And so it really was a lot of focus was on building the network, getting to know one another. And there were almost 400 Filipino priests. And that's uh, our estimate is that's just a little bit less than half of the current uh, uh, Filipino priests in, mm -hmm. the, in the United States. There's a little bit more than 800 priests serving here. Um, and uh, Really, the the everybody was just getting to know each other. Uh, out of that 400, I would say another 45 percent, um, and it was their first time attending the the conference. So yeah, that was that was really wonderful. That was a good uh, uh, that was a good gathering. Some of your descriptions are, are I wish I was there. It sounded like you had a lot of fun too. It was. It was. Um, you, you know, the whole idea of, um, you know, um, being with one another and, and and just feeling the sense of uh, putting your, I, I would say, uh, putting your uh, your feet up the table and just relaxing, um, uh, while at the same time learning. <laughs> um, we 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 shared a lot of stories. Uh, after the formal gatherings, we would go uh, go in little groups. Uh, some guys would go in, uh, would host uh, some gatherings in the rooms or in the in the lounges, and we would just be talking of what's going on, what are you doing, what are the good practices in your parish, what's ex your experience like, um, and we would be talking until you know, one o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. and it was. Um, it was one of those gatherings where um, you you almost like learning from the the school of hard knocks on someone else's life, <laughs> yeah, yeah. almost like that. Uh, and so, um, as much as uh, as I said, it was light on the conferences. It was very. Um, it was really heavy in terms of um, sharing of experiences in an in, in informal uh, setting. So yeah. So obviously, it, it it's got to be a, a, a great help uh, when you come from another country and you're you're not just sort of here temporarily; you're here permanently, if you will, uh, to get together with people, uh, whether they're clergy or not. But especially uh, because you have the same occupation and the same a lot of the same joys and a lot of the same problems or issues challenges uh, with somebody from from your home country I would think that that's just so beneficial that's correct and 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 also but you might also want to kind of keep that in mind where many of our guys I, I noticed this and this is I don't have the numbers but um, I noticed that I a huge number of the people I met or the priests I met there were missionaries mm -hmm. meaning they they probably will not stay here for the rest of their ministries right, in the United right. they're States. They're not incarnated in, in a diocese. They're not incarnated, right. and at, at that point, they're not planning on incarnating. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them are part of religious communities, right. and so they're, it's part of their rotation. Um, some of them also are really just um, experiencing life in the United States, ministry in the United States. So... Um, the level of investment may not be as deep as someone who is intending to live here. Right. And so that kind of networking, that kind of uh, communication is going to be quite crucial uh, because sometimes when you're invested, the level of personal investment is not as deep, the, the growth may be a little bit slow. Right. Because they're not necessarily always, uh, they might be thinking, oh, I'll be moved in three years. 
So let's. Uh, so we're kind of pushing each other to to really be effe as effective as we can um, in um, in uh, in the ministry. The other thing that I also notice is that because there is a um, a corporate face to the Philippines uh, to the Filipino priests. This, this corporate phase of the National Association of Filipino Priests, it kind of solidifies the a trait in the Filipino culture of that, that um, tight Filipino uh, uh, family, uh, that close-knit Filipino ties mm -hmm. or family ties. And so we always see ourselves um, in... Uh, in a way that is uh, as part of a community, not just an individual. So by emphasizing that and solidifying that, what happened is, and, and I see this for myself, is this consciousness that whatever I do, it will reflect on all the Filipino priests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 protecting that sense of identity. It's protecting that sense of family, and so we're always conscious that uh, the the good things that I do will give honor to uh, uh, to other Filipino priests, and the bad things I do will give uh, infamy <laughs> to other Filipino priests. So so it's it's that sense. I mean, for better or for worse, that that uh, cultural trait is there, and and I see that. That sense of uh, I, I see I, I noticed that in the language that was uh, that was used, especially in in some of the talks and some of the comments where, you know, let's give honor to the Filipino culture, let's give honor to this, and and, and so I'm thinking, yeah, that that really brings out these cultural trait of close family ties, the tight knit family ties. Um, and and our sense of identity is driven out of that uh, being part of a community instead of just an individual. So, so any any yeah. uh, how many here in the diocese of Sacramento? How many how many Filipino priests do we have? If I am not mistaken, I think we are forty-seven. Wow. I think yes, oh, that's yes, a big yes. number. I might I might uh, I might be wrong, but I I know that's in the ballpark. Wow. Uh, I might be uh, one or two off, but mm -hmm. that's in the ballpark. I know we could have a count... priest basketball team without the Filipino presence. <laughs> <laughs> we we were making the joke that the Filipinos are the new Irish. Yeah, oh, uh, you know, um, I, 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 uh, as we were talking, I I had that thought because when, when I grew up uh, here in the diocese of Sacramento, uh, the term Irish priest was redundant. Uh, they were every pastor I had was Irish. Yeah, and 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 there was an intention at some point, although that changed uh, later on. Right. But there was an intention originally where the Irish were brought here to really uh, minister to the Irish immigrants, right? Uh, in the same way that they were brought in San Francisco, the archdiocese, sure. um, and then you have the Portuguese priests ministering to the Portuguese immigrants. Right. But as far as I know. There has never been an intention among the Filipino clergy of coming to the Diocese of Sacramento only to minister to the Filipino no, community. No, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. They're they're very very much mainstreamed. No, no question about it. it. Cor that's correct. And um, I mean, I, I believe there was. Uh, We've never. I could never think of any priest. Uh, in uh, and I'm one of the more senior priests here in the sense that. Um, after uh, Father Paul and and um, uh, Father Ben De Leon, who mm -hmm. both of the, both of them are deceased now, um, I'm one of the uh, one who uh, came here earliest. Mm -hmm. um, the older older priests would be Father Ray, Father Cesar, who died already. Uh, they came, I think, in ninety seven, ninety six, or ninety seven, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but I came in '95. Um, with uh, he now left the priesthood, but there was uh, there was two other uh, uh, there was one other Filipino uh, seminarian at that time here. Um, but uh, 
in throughout these since 1994 since 1994 i could never think of um, a priest who came to the diocese with the intention of ministering only to the filipinos right um so it, it's it, it has changed uh then the notion of national parishes or national churches has not really been very kind of um, strong in among the Filipino priests here. Um, and I don't know of a church, a parish in the United States that is um, called a Filipino no, parish, was, even though they might be rack my brain too and i i can't think of any parish that i would think well that's largely a filipino parish uh, at all well there might be some parishes where are there are largely filipino parishes uh, and i mean my home parish in in uh, in vallejo st catherine's of uh, st catherine yeah. of siena i mean that is i mean majority i would say venture to say 80 percent filipino um maybe at some I point think, it was even 90. <laughs> i think panol is which is not in the diocese sacrament panol is also is, is heavily filipino the same thing parish. yeah yeah but they are not designated as national parishes right, right. they are not designated as uh, as national uh, parish for filipinos right. um but uh it, it, there's this it, it really changes the uh, orientation of ministry when you are geared to minister to everyone and not just your uh, your particular cultural group so it's it's a beautiful uh, uh, development in the church <laughs> yeah it, it, so leaving out the philippines obviously but everywhere else in the world do you have any idea the number of filipino priests worldwide is is the United States oh, a, 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 a major place where Filipino priests come, or are there other countries where it's just as prominent? There are other countries that where Filipino priests are are uh, rising. You know, the whole a lot of the missionary areas, um, in, like for example, Papua New Guinea. There's a mm -hmm. lot of Filipino priests there. Um, when I was uh, living in Italy, um, I noticed there's a huge number of Filipino priests. Many of them started as students there, and then uh, they uh, uh, also members of religious communities. There's a lot of religious communities um, uh, in, in, in Italy. And in fact, they just had a gathering about uh, a few months ago or a month ago. Uh, they had a gathering of Filipino priests in Florence, and um, it really was, uh, it was large. I think there's close to about 200. Mm -hmm. um, and and for Italy, where there's a lot of priests already, right. uh, to have that number of Filipino priests, uh, missionaries, that's, uh, that's, uh, um, uh, that's fairly significant, really is significant. Uh, I might be, uh, yeah. I would think with 47 or whatever the number, actual number is, uh, somewhere in 47 uh, here in Sacramento, that that would be one of the more uh, heavily populated with Filipino priests of diocese in, in the United States. Yes, um, that that is a, that is. A a, a large that is a large number so yeah and i, I would um, think that's very helpful to, to you to have a, a lot of your brothers here you know as if i am I'm, there must be some diocese where you might be the only filipino priest um that definitely changes simply uh, because you don't when you stop seeing yourself as a minority um the the sense of responsibility uh, becomes broader. Um, I I I really think that when we we see ourselves as part of the mainstream, then um, the the sense of looking inward is less, and we're just really looking outward, meaning we're just focused on what we can do instead of uh kind of you know how it is when you're when you're immigrant you're always be, being kind of cautious and yep. um and and kind of uh, tentative in in many ways in in doing our ministry here you're just doing uh, almost like full throttle 
with mm-hmm. with your ministry um uh, not careless but just really uh being um doing doing it with with gusto <laughs> so yeah i i misspoke on on uh the number i just checked the 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 number of people that yeah the 200 was uh, an overestimation so um it was it was it's less than 100 uh, okay. of those who attended the the gathering in florence and that was uh november 13 to 15 they had oh. a, their own convention oh yeah. very good so yeah. what was the highlight for you of the uh, gathering in newark again the highlight for me was really connecting connecting with the other priests um mm. and and that still continues up to now right now there are at least uh, five other priests who are regularly communicating with me, either by phone call and uh, by text messaging, and just to say, you know, how are you doing? But uh, and in in few in few uh, instances or several instances, uh, we consulted each other as to, hey, this is a situation in my work, in my parish. What would you do? Um, and so there's this sense of network, and because they are from different dioceses, uh, there's a sense of objectivity that uh, we provide to each other, and and we're just looking at it from the point of view of uh, of someone who is uh, who's looking for the most effective uh, path to a mm-hmm. particular parish or ministerial situation. So it's still continuing. So I, I, for me, the highlight is uh, being able to make that bridge and that connection, that network um, that I'm still, we are still benefiting up to now. Very good. Well, Father, always, uh, always a joy to talk with you. Uh, uh, it's, it's a wonderful piece in the Herald, by the way. I would uh, encourage everybody to... Uh, to uh, read it and, and learn all about it. And uh, it sounds like there was a lot of dancing there too. Even a, even a, <laughs> even a hula. Yes. The, the hula and, and that actually that priest from, uh, from Kauai, Father Edwin, he was my hula teacher. I saw him dance hula first and, and I said, I want to study under you. So <laughs> I stayed with him for a week every day. He was teaching hula because he was a professional hula dancer. Uh-huh. Uh, before he became a priest, he in fact won. There is this contest in Hawaii on uh, the Merry Monarch Festival, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and he won. Uh, he was part of the group that won hula. Uh, oh, he danced uh, both traditional and modern hula. Um, but it was it was one of the things there too was the the laity, the laity in New York and New Jersey. They all came together and showed their support to the priests. The, the, that, that they, the, uh, I, was, I think I described there this, uh, this evening where it was a gala. Um, and all these, fa- uh, these laity, the, the faithful of New Jersey and New York, they all came and had a good time. And I'm sure initially, we were thinking, man, we're going to shock them <laughs> because <laughs> we were really just singing and cheering. And, 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 and I thought, well, they'll see us now <laughs> without any, <laughs> any in, in, uh, in its reality. And, and sure enough, after the initial shock that I saw in their faces, they just joined in oh, and man. they too had a good time. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, Father, have a... Father Bong, have a happy and holy and Merry Christmas. Likewise, Bob. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. That's uh, Father Bong Rojas, the pastor at Holy Spirit uh, Parish here in Sacramento. Uh, That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2000.
2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Four six zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates.
Yeah.